But I remember listening to a son a long time ago. I was doing a family series and was kind of listening to their tapes and whatever. They were sharing how they literally played worship music all day long through the house. They had it piped in every room where they were able to, and, and now it's easy with the internet, we can stream music, you know, they have Bluetooth speakers and so on and so forth, where it creates the presence of the Lord. Come on now, amen? And so, you know, they, they ran that all the time, all the time in the background, which created an anointing, which created the presence of the Lord. Some of you, you all have your favorite worship songs and whatever. You can make a playlist and just have those going all day long. And what it does, it creates peace in the house. Amen? Amen. Worship. The devil won't want to hang around your house when worship music is going on. Because you're lifting up Jesus. Amen? I encourage you to try that. These 21 days of fasting and, and just... Make your home a, a sanctuary. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know a lot of you like to use the, the earpieces and so on and so forth, but you need to create the atmosphere in the house. In the house. Amen. And if things get stressful, just turn, turn it up. <laughs> just turn it up. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Well, my message today is going to be about fasting. Who would have guessed? <laughs> Hallelujah. Tonight I invite you out because we were, we'll be praying for you, uh, dedicating ourselves as we enter into the 21 days of fasting. If you've already started, just kick in. Amen. I'll just bless you even more. Praise the Lord. Now. We talked about last week that Jesus said, when you fast, not if. When you fast, not if. And it's so important that the early church, as I mentioned last week, uh, at least they have accounted for the first 400 years uh, after the day of Pentecost, they practiced two days a week fasting, usually a Tuesday, I mean, one, not, not consecutively, but uh, two different days, and uh, they were always different days than what the Pharisees were known to have fasted, because that was a big thing, you know, that, and, and they make a, made a big deal of that, so the early church didn't want to, uh, you know, copy the Pharisees, so they picked different days than what the Pharisees uh, were, were fasting, all right, because they wanted to fast unto the Lord for a different purpose, praise God. But, uh, you know, the, the art of fasting has kind of dwindled, at least from the modern church, you know, uh, and there, even the modern church goes back a long time, <laughs> even uh, growing up as, as a kid, I don't know where I learned about fasting, but I, as I said last week, I had fasted for five days or something, and my mom got upset with me, so even my generation, all right, growing up, didn't do a whole lot of, there wasn't a whole lot of knowledge about Fasting. Actually, there wasn't a whole lot of knowledge about anything. <laughs> then we knew David slew Goliath. That was awesome. That was revelation. Noah and the ark. <laughs> and so on and so forth. 
But praise God for uh, the word of faith coming on the scene and uh, the charismatic movement, a new touch from heaven. And they were those, of course, in the healing revivals in the 40s and 50s and early 60s that uh, great men and women of God that uh, knew the art of fasting, who knew how to bring down the glory of God and the power of God. But I'm saying today that there is a new remnant that's rising up. Amen? That we are going to learn again the art of fasting and prayer because it's so important. And I just want to, you know, it could be a long message today, but uh, just to, to re- review some things and bring out some, some nuggets for you that I believe that will stir you up. Now, in Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, uh, 5, those chapters, Jesus talks much about fasting. And of course, <clears throat> we see Jesus, first of all, setting the example, all right, he was baptized by John in the Jordan River, praise God. That was, be, you know, before his earthly ministry began. He was baptized, and we see there that the Holy Spirit descended upon him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit? And we take great, great pleasure in, in, in having the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And we wonder why Jesus did not enter immediately into the ministry. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was the Son of God. He had a mission. He had a purpose. Now he had received the Holy Spirit, okay, the ability, the power, the dunamis that we read about in the book of Acts. But you notice he did not begin his earthly ministry until the Bible says in in that chapter that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to fast for 40 days. Now, if Jesus is our example, we need to learn something from him. Now, you would think that Jesus, having received the Holy Spirit and confirmation from Daddy, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> Glory to God. That he would have just launched out into the miracle ministry and just, oh, praise God. No, but the Spirit of God, I mean, the Holy Spirit, leads us, and he knows what he's doing. So before Jesus entered into his public ministry, he had to spend time in a season of fasting. Now, just because he fasted 40 days doesn't mean you have to fast for 40 days. But Jesus set the example. He said, he said, it's important to me to fulfill the Father's plan and purpose. So he entered into the wilderness, fasted for 40 days, tempted of the devil. All right? So listen to me. Jesus understood that fasting produce, produces a, a dimension of power that he could not have any other way. Let me say that again. Jesus understood that fasting produces uh, uh, (laughs) fasting produces. Say fasting produces. How many of you are tired of not producing? Come on. You're not producing. Now, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was the Son of God. But Jesus understood that there was a dimension of power that he had to receive 
that there would be no other way except for him to fast, to humble himself. Hallelujah. Now, look at this. In Luke chapter 5, verse 33, it says this, the religious leaders complained that Jesus' disciples were feasting instead of fasting. Now, Jesus had fasted, and a lot of people say, well, we don't have to fast, and so on and so forth. But the disciples of Jesus were feasting instead of fasting. John the Baptist's disciples always fast and pray. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why, why are yours always feasting? How many of you know the church has been feasting instead of fasting? Come on, we've been feasting instead. We, we like that fried chicken. When we all get together, we love the Dunkin' Donuts and coffee. We can't hardly have any social gathering without... How, how would it be a social gathering without food? Say, we're just going to fast tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 34, it says, Jesus asked, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Someday he will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. So we see that when Jesus was there with them for those three and a half years, that he did not make his disciples fast because he was with them. They operated under his delegated power, under his authority. They came back and shouted, boy, in your name, Jesus, we've seen devils cast out. Hallelujah. But Jesus said there's coming a time when I, the bridegroom, will not be with you. And boys, you're going to fast. Amen. Glory to God. Now, verse 36, this is important for us to understand why Jesus fasted, why we are to fast, okay? It says, then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. Now, that's what the church has been doing. We've been having our old garments and trying to put a new freshness of the Holy Spirit in that old garment, and it doesn't work. And he goes on to say, for then the new garment would be torn and the patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into what? Old wineskins. The new wine would burst the old skins because of fermentation, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine was be put into new wineskins. Hallelujah. So this is so important for us to understand. Last year's wineskins will not be good enough for this year's new wine. Hallelujah. There is a new anointing that's coming upon the people of God this year. And we cannot expect God to fill the old wineskins. And that's why these 21 days of fasting and prayer are so important. Hallelujah. Listen to me. <laughs> fasting is not getting more of God, but fasting is God getting more of you. Amen. Fasting is not getting more of God. You can't get any more of God than you have. 
But what fasting does do is let God get more of you. You know, John the Baptist understood that when he seen cousin Jesus coming along. And he said, I must decrease, but he must increase. Hallelujah. And so as we humble ourselves this season of fasting and prayer, fasting turbocharges us. Hallelujah. Fasting in prayer and in the Word of God. Amen. It takes all three, being in the Word of God, fasting, and praying even more than what we normally do. Glory to God. How many of you want God to have more of you? Hallelujah. So prayer in the Word. Fasting will ignite in you everything that God has intended you to be. Now, this is so important. Many of you know God's touched you. He's, he's, you've prayed about your families. You've prayed about your jobs. You've prayed about things that uh, there's something on the inside of you that you know that needs to be birthed, but it just hasn't, it just hasn't come forth yet. See, a time of period of fasting. And that's why Jesus could not enter his miracle ministry without those 40 days in the wilderness because he knew that although he was, now he was the son of God, but let me tell you, he was also man. He was man. So he understood that his wineskin had to be prepared for the anointing. Now, the anointing came upon him. Come on now. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. But the Bible says that as he exited that 40 days of fast, it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, he was anointed during his baptism by the Holy Spirit. And all of us are anointed. But how many of you want to return in the power of the Spirit? Amen. And demonstration. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important. And we here at the church, we know we've heard from uh, Mark Hankins and, and our great teachers of faith that who we are in Christ and what we, we know our identity. We understand the authority of, of the word of God, the authority that we have in the name of Jesus and all of these other things. And they're locked up in us. But for us to enter into a fast... Amen. You know what that's going to do? It's going to amplify those truths that we have on the inside of us. And we'll go in one way of this fast and we'll come out in the power of the Spirit just like Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when we fast, we have elevated an enlightened identity. Think about that. We have revelation of who we are in Christ and a new level of authority. Hallelujah. Now, I want to look at something, and this is so important because he, he's giving his, his, his disciples instruction through those three and a half years of ministry. Remember, they were the bridegroom, so they weren't told they, they had to fast at this time. But he says, there's coming a time when I'm going to not be here, and then you're going to fast. Now, a good illustration is in Matthew chapter 17. It says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is epileptic and suffers severely. For he, is often fall, he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought to him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. 
And then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19 then says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why cannot we cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, we all hear, like to hear about faith, don't we? You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. However, now look at this. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. It's recorded by historians that the apostles in the early church practiced a season of fasting every time they had to deal with, with, with super powerful demonic entities. Because they remembered what Jesus said. This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. And maybe some of you have, have, have things in your life, bondages in your life that you've been trying to get rid of. Let me tell you, a period of fasting and prayer will break those strongholds in your life. Amen. And you might have family members that you know they're full of the devil. <laughs> this kind goeth not out but by prayer, and some of you are laughing. Yeah, I know who they are, Uncle So-and-so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, amen. I can make a list of family members that need to cast the devil out of, praise God. And shaking your head, yeah. You could be the catalyst. Well, I don't. You get so full of God, you won't have to ask them. You get into their presence, and guess what? They're going to manifest. Hallelujah. Come on now. Jesus, Son of God, what do we have to do with you? Jesus didn't go around looking for demons behind every doorknob. Come on. And I'm telling you right now, the same demons that were back there in Jesus' day are here today. Come on now. There are people that need to be set free by the power of God. Well, that's the pastor's job. No, that's the apostle's job. No, that's the evangelist's job. No, we are to go out and cast out devils. Mark chapter 16. These signs will follow the believing ones in my name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we've got to have the new wineskin. We've got to fast and pray. Praise God. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
The anointing is on the inside of us, but we've got to get to that point where it flows on the outside of us, and we can be like Jesus. We return in the power of the Spirit. Miracles begin to happen. We see things change in our families. We see things change in our cities. Hallelujah. Because we are available to God. Praise the Lord. All the stuff, all the word that's on the inside of it. Many of you go to Bible school. You have the word on the inside of you. All you've got to do is get a new wineskin. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. And begin fasting. And, And let me tell you this. I don't believe it's just this 21-day Daniel fast, or many of you do decide to do different kind of fast. But I think we're going to have a fasting year. Amen? We're going to prepare ourselves in boot camp. We're going to keep training in our Bible school. We're going to keep training in our preaching and our messages and our teaching. But along with that, we're going to keep new containers. We're going to keep new wineskins going, praise the Lord. Amen. We stop one fast and we get over there into the flesh where we want to just, you know, that appetite begins to take over. No, in Jesus' name, I have food that you know not of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So many distractions, but it's up to you and I. And you might be sitting on the congregation, you know, I, I, I don't know if I like this church. And then you're talking about how many of you really want to see a change in, in, in your family? See, we can't play church anymore. We are the church. Jesus has given us directives. Amen. And we need to operate in those things in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, remember, Jesus was baptized by John. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness to fast for 40 days. Amen. And when I talk about Dealing with Jesus' humanity and, and his identity and who he was. Jesus knew that. But there's something that had to happen on the inside of him. See, there's something that has to happen on the inside of us, a click. I can't explain what it is. Uh, just, just something happened. And time and time again, during those 40 days of fasting, the devil came to Jesus to attack his, his identity. If you are the Son of God, do this. Amen? And, of course, Jesus answered him with the Word of God. And the enemy does that constantly to you and I. Who do you think you are? You're just a nobody. No, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm anointed and appointed. Hallelujah. And listen, the thing is, Jesus went into that fast one way and came out another way. Hallelujah. Remember all the time the anointing was on the inside of him. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. But when he came out of that fast, when we come out of this fast, hallelujah, something's going to be different. It's just not going to be bottled up on the inside, but it's going to be released on the outside and affect everybody around us. Hallelujah. 
That's why very next thing, in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it says, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Oh, hallelujah. That's important. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Who glory to God. He shocked the church service that day. Come on now. They were used to the Pharisees and the high priest or the priest at that day to get up and just merely uh, read a portion of, of, of the scriptures. But Jesus, remember, he came back in the power of the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit was upon him. He stood up that day, and nobody preached like Jesus did. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And I'm declaring that we will be able to stand with that same authority. The Spirit of the Lord, and because we have the same mission. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And that is exactly, and I was going to bring my Bible because I didn't have the other portion of the scripture, but if you read Isaiah chapter 61, who uh, this is where Jesus is quoting from, it says that they will rebuild the old waste places. Things that had been broken down. There's coming a restoration. Well, you don't understand. This is election year. And all of this might happen. And this might happen. They're talking about civil war. They're talking about, no, the church is going to rise up in power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Empower the spirit. We're not the only church that's fasting during this season. There's churches all over the United States of America and probably all over the world that are spending time seeking God, fasting uh, unto the Lord. Amen. Preparing new wineskins during this season. Glory to God. And I know a lot of people enter into the fast. Well, praise God, we're just fasting, so we're going to do it. And just, you know, follow the bunch. No, we don't want you to be a follower. We want you to be a participator. We want you to know why you're fasting and that you're, prep, you're preparing to be used by God. Hallelujah. You're preparing to be dynamos for the kingdom of God. Whew. <laughs> you shall see, receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. We're going to be different at the end of the season of fasting. Amen. And I know it's not easy. But I'll tell you, men of old, ministries, people that have caught a hold of fasting and prayer has changed their families, have changed nations. It's so important. And I've shared this, and a lot of you are nuisance, probably I've shared this, but I was... Uh, when I was associate pastor in Arizona, I was also youth director for our section of churches, Assembly of God. And we would go to camp every year. And I remember one year that we went to youth camp. And uh, I was a counselor. I had an assistant counselor. But we had 
a, a dorm full of preacher's kids, PKs. And many of you don't know what PKs are and what they act like. They're spoiled. <laughs> Amen. Not ours. Remember, preacher's kids are put under the microscope, okay? They're looked at, and so, uh, you know, there's a little bit of rebellion in them and so on and so forth because they got to act a certain way. And, but when they get to youth camp, they become little devils. Boy, I don't have my parents here. We're going to get away. But they didn't have Pastor Ed. Amen. <laughs> so, man, we won awards for the cleanest room, everything. I mean, I made them do the toilets and whatever. <laughs> but uh, what I was wanting to say that we got there on a Monday. Most people drove two, three, four hours from different segments of Arizona to get there. So everybody was tired. The counselors were tired, setting up, getting unpacked. I had dinner, and then our first church service. And I've been to several of these before. And when you get to the chapel, which seat probably a couple hundred teenagers, all right, two or three hundred teenagers. It was a whole statewide thing. And so uh, everybody was tired. Everybody was bored. Everybody... And back then, we sang, sang hymns out of the hymn book, all right? So uh, we didn't have a big group singing or flashy lights or anything. It was just, you know, everybody, yeah, let's get over with so we go to bed kind of a thing, you know? Counselors, too, because we'd been fighting with these preacher's kids. Come on, you're going to sleep over there. No, I don't want to sleep over there. I don't Shut up and sleep over there. <laughs> totally fleshed out, you know what I mean? Nothing spiritual about that night. But honest, they got over all the preliminaries. Well, this guy walks out on the platform. He'd been fasting for seven days for this youth meeting. He comes out on the platform. Remember, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He comes out on the platform. The glory of God hits that. He did not preach one sermon. Those preacher's kids were the first ones down at the altar. Kids were running down, weeping before God, the presence of God, the anointing of God. And let me tell you, we had revival that whole week. Praise the Lord. From the very first night, it doesn't matter about the atmosphere in the sanctuary. When you walk in after having a new wineskin, praise God, and you come in in the power of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost is going to come and bring the presence of the Lord. And there was a transformation that night, and those bratty preacher's kids became angels the whole week. Hallelujah. <laughs> Many of them were baptized with the Holy Spirit that night. No, they weren't talked about. I mean, they weren't preached at. How do you do this? Or you got to do this. No, they came down with tears running. Are they, I mean, us counselors didn't know what was happening. I mean, they were just running down to the altars. Well, angels must have went into the seat and pulled them out. I don't know what happened in the atmosphere. But there was a great anointing. We want to see that again. And it can happen again. But you and I, we have to pay the price. To have that happen. Glory to God. Amen. And I have to confess as a pastor. You know, you get over to this. And I love the word of faith. 
But you get to this mindset over the years and, 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 you know, coming back here, starting the church. Pastor Judy and I fasted a lot in the early days of the church. But you get over and you, you get fatigued, you get tired, and, and you just, you know, you fight the battle and you're, you're you know, you just, it, it's a fight. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. And I got to the point where, you know, Praise God, I'm the righteousness of God in faith. I have the anointing. I have the power of God. I don't need to fast. And I have to admit, the last several fast, 21 days of fast, I just did it because we did it. Well, bless God, I'm going to fast. I don't need to. The anointing's on the inside of me. <laughs> Praise God. But I think that as I fasted already this year, the last few days, and God has opened my eyes again because I used to fast. When I was associate pastor, we had a very, you know, dead kind of church. And I remember when pastor was going to be out of town, I'd fast for a whole week because I was preaching on Sunday. And in that church, he would not allow catchers. They would not. And I remember Grace was there. Pastor was, had to go somewhere out of town. And his wife was there, set, set in the front row. And I had fasted that whole week. I preached the message, probably a stupid message. I don't know what I preached back then. But I had people come up. And this young man came up, probably 16, 17 years old. I was asking for people to come up that needed, I don't know, deliverance maybe. I don't know what it was that I asked for. But I was sitting, standing down on the row right there and the floor. He just walks up, and the power of God hit him. Bam! And I looked over at pastor's wife. What did I do? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, remember, no catchers. And it was cement floor with carpet over it. One year's friend, Maureen, pastor, she pastors now, the Word of Faith Church. And you got mad at me, right? That time when she hit the floor and her head bounced off. I mean, literally, bam, boom. It better be in the power of the Spirit when those things happen. Hallelujah. But see, I'm just, it's an illustration. Fasting will bring the demonstration of the power of God, not only in the church, but in your home. Glory to God. That Walmart, wherever you are, some of you are an evangelist at heart, and you witness to everybody wherever you go. And let me see, there'll be a, a new dimension of evangelism in your life as you humble yourself with fasting and prayer. Glory to God. No more will you have to say, you know, are you born, you know, just dim a little preaching. You'll do a demonstration of the power of God. Amen? Do you believe that today? Are you ready? Are you really ready to enter in this thing with purpose? Stand with me this morning. Father, we just give you praise. We thank you for an opportunity. Hallelujah. I'm looking around. Is everybody born again? Everybody have Jesus in their heart? Say Amen. Hallelujah. We have an army here. We're going to see some changes this year. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Oh, 
fit for the master's use. Say fit for the master's use.